Hello and welcome to Grace Life Ministries, a disciple-making family of churches focused on the reality of Christianity. We pray that this teaching will help you grow in your revelation of Jesus and increase in fruitfulness in your life. I'll read from uh, Psalms 112. Psalms 112, verse 7 to 8. I've uh, chosen the Bible called uh, Easy to Read Version. Do you know it? I'll read from that Bible. It says, They will not fear. Who are they? The church at Salaris Park. Is that right? Pass. Okay, okay. They, they will not. Uh, excuse me, just one minute. I feel the spirit heating up inside now. Things are about to happen. Hallelujah. Get ready. Hallelujah. Let me say. Okay. All right. Let me finish reading that. It says, they will not be afraid of bad news. There is so much bad news going around everywhere the world over today. And the bad news come. But it says, you will not be afraid of bad news. Why and how? It goes on to say, they are confident because they trust in the Lord. That is what is going to make you bold, courageous, and confident. Because you trust in the power of the unfailing God, who is our Father in Christ Jesus. Then it says in verse 8, They remain confident without fear. Bad news brings fear. But because you confidently trust in the Lord, you will not be afraid. Hallelujah. So they defeat their enemies. How many have got enemies here? Not here. Okay, you maybe your enemy is not here, but you got an enemy somewhere. Where? How many have got enemies here? Yeah, yeah. They are here. The devil is the enemy. As a child of God, you do not have enemies Amen. in human form. That's right. Your enemy might use a human being, but the human being is not your enemy. Right. It is your territory that is occupied by the devil. Okay? So our enemies are sickness, diseases, and demons. Yeah. Praise the Lord. But the Bible says because you are confident in the power of the Lord, you will not be afraid and you will defeat your enemies. Praise the Lord. Amen. Good. Hallelujah. Now straight away, uh, we want to do business today. Good business. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, we have heard, and if I'm talking too fast, just slow me down, okay? Because I know uh, most of you, English is not your first language, neither is it mine. And... Uh, my accent may be a bit different from, and it becomes difficult to, to follow. So if I'm speaking too fast, slow me down a little bit, okay? Now, how many of you know that we are on a mission? We are on a mission. Another way of saying that is that we are in a war. 
So if you are in a war and you don't know that you are in a war, you'll be surprised when the enemy hits. <laughs> Is it? Yes. But we are in a mission. Because our Father, our God, is on a mission. He is a missionary God. A missionary God is a God who has got a purpose. And God has got a purpose. He's got a plan for the whole earth. And what is the plan of God? The plan and will and desire of God, according to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, is that all men be what? Saved. Yes. Not some men. All, all men. And do you know that without you and me, the desire of God, that desire of God will not come to pass. There's a lot of things that happen in people's lives that are not God's will, that are not God's desire. The Bible says God is not willing that any should perish. But are people not perishing? They are perishing against God's will, against God's desire. So don't sit there and say, if God wants me, he would, uh, he, he would heal me. If God doesn't want me, he, would, he will not heal. God wants you healed. Amen. But he's going to use your knowledge of his word. He's going to use your brother, your sister next door to get you healed. This is why we must honor each other. We must honor each other. And honor, honoring each other is understanding what is called grace. What is called grace is you look, I look at Shane, and I think Shane is not much. I don't think he's much. He's not even worth it. He's not even, he does not deserve anything. That's how I see him. But when I know grace, I know God uses people who, don't, who, are, who are not worth anything in, in men's eyes. That's understanding grace. So if I know that God Irrespective of how I see Shane, I know that God will work in and through Shane. I'll honor Shane. And when I, I, I honor him, I receive from God through Shane. There were a lot of people who were touching Jesus, touching Jesus, but without honor. There's one woman who came to Jesus with honor. She says, if I would... She decided how she was going to be healed, when she was going to be healed, and she said it. If only... I, Jesus never never advertised that if you touch the hem of my garment you'll be healed. He never advertised that. No. But she decided it for herself. Yeah. That's, how, that's how we honor each other. You just decide that I'll get my healing through one of the sisters, one of the brothers in the church. Yeah. And you will get it. Yeah. Right. So, our mission here on earth is not only to go and announce the gospel everywhere, but also it includes correctly interrupting, uh, sorry, correctly interpreting <laughs> and explaining God in places where he's been wrongly interpreted and explained. There's a lot of misery in the lives of people because They've not understood God. Amen. Maybe God has been explained wrongly to them. There's a lot of people who are already frustrated with God because they think God is not doing something that he should be doing for them. And it's because they've been presented a God who does not exist. 
Why God? Why, why is God doing this to me? Why God this? Why God that? When you begin to ask such questions, the God that you have in your mind is not in existence. The God that you know is not the God who is our Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you must humble yourself and sit down and be taught who God is. Amen. Praise the Lord. A lot of people are ready to give up. You got a lot of people even in the church committing suicide. They go to their neighbor, the neighbor is not helping, the neighbor, neighbor is not helping, and then they go to God and they say, why God? And they say, why should I live? Such a person is dealing with a God who does not exist. They have not known God. Okay? Glory be to God. Now, we have heard about what is called covenant. How many of you have heard about what is called covenant? Yes. What is a covenant? It's a? An agreement. An agreement. So my sister, I come to you, we make a covenant. Okay. Every week, you give me 200 rand. Okay. Because you give me 200 rand every week. Okay. I will also water your vegetable gardens. Okay. So that's a covenant, is it? So that's like a, a that's like a, a contract. Okay. So you've also heard that in the Bible there are covenants, isn't it? Amen. And these are covenants are covenants with God. Is that so? Yes. Good. Which means, according to what I'm discussing with my sister here in your hearing, we have an agreement with God. So, just like I'm in agreement with my sister here, if she does not give me 200 rand, I'm not going to go and water the garden. Is that so? Yeah. Okay. So, if she gives me a $200 and I don't water the garden, she's going to have a problem with me. So, also we've got an agreement with God, which is a contract with God. So, if we don't do our part, God is not going to do his part. Is that so? Amen. Come again. It's the Old Testament that. It's the Old Part. The Old Covenant. The Old Covenant. The New Covenant is loving us anyway. He's a father. I like you. Good. You're teaching ahead of me. I like that. I like that 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 word that you guys brought old covenant there. Okay. Okay. So in the old covenant, God was doing that. When you don't meet his your part, then he doesn't give you what you are looking for. Okay. So now he has changed. But I thought the Bible says God does not change. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, now we can begin to talk. <clears throat> what we just talked about with my sister here is not what is called covenant in the in the Bible. That is it is not anywhere near what is called covenant. Because we have also brought covenant to the issues like our marriages. 
And you see, if you understand God's covenant, you you behave and conduct yourself better <coughs> and honorable in what you call marriage. Because once you know what a covenant is like, you conduct yourself properly in a marriage. Mm. Amen. Okay? Amen. So, a covenant... Let's just forget what what this covenant I was talking with my sister here. Because that's not how the Bible describes covenant. When the Bible is using the word covenant or New Testament or, or Testament, it's not talking about an agreement. It's not talking about a what? Contract. A contract. So we have heard about old covenant, like my brother just said, and we've heard about new covenant or new testament from the Bible. And generally, we tend to think that God gave an Old Testament, then he changed it and to a new and softened um, um, version, which is called New Testament, isn't it? Which is not as hard, which is a bit more gentle. Okay? That's, that's what we think. I'm not saying that is what is right. And I'm going to straighten that thinking. Okay? So, the new covenant is a softer. We think is a softer. Is a softer God. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a relaxed God. But the God of the Old Testament was a bit tough. He demanded. He he gave the Old Testament. Okay. But the Bible says in Malachi chapter three verse six, it says, "I'm reading from the New King James, for I am the Lord, I do not change." So if the Lord does not change, he does not change covenants also. You hear my sister? He does not change what? Hallelujah. So the term old covenant, if, if if you go into the Bible, the King James Bible, let's say, you will not see anything called old covenant that term old covenant is not found there normally you find the old i say can, can i borrow your bible pastor i want to show you where you see old covenant or old testament normally thank you you see it in uh, in your bible uh praise the lord hallelujah here we go. You see this page? This page. This blank page. So, if I... Because I don't want... I, I really don't like that, that page there. You could use it for notes. So this is what this is how we have the Bible. It just continues from here to there. There's nothing that it divides it here. That is called New Testament. Okay? There's nothing that divides it like that. So if you go to the to the King James Bible, I just dressed your Bible nicely. <laughs> this was which, which I did to the pastor. I did it to remind you of the 
teaching that I have tonight. It's part of the reminders. Okay, so you won't forget what we're talking about tonight. Hallelujah. So, uh, hallelujah. So what is called covenant? Because let's pack new covenant, let's pack new uh, old covenant. Let's just look at the covenant before we see what is old and what is new. What is called covenant that we found is being talked about everywhere, especially in church? They're talking about covenant, covenant. I've got a covenant with God. I've got a covenant with God. How many of you have got a covenant with God? Hallelujah. Okay, you have a covenant with God. So you've got it. So now, I don't know what we're going to say now. So you've got an agreement with God. We said that was not the explanation, the, 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 the meaning of covenant, isn't it? So we want to see this covenant that you have with God. What is, what is it? Okay, for those who say they've got a covenant with God, what is that that you have with, with God? What did you What did you do to have a covenant with God? What did you promise him and what did he promise you? And when you don't love him, now what is he going to do? Haven't you seen people getting married in a, co- in a marriage covenant and then divorcing? So it's possible to stop loving each other. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, I want to I want to bring you to understanding the, uh, the word covenant. Now, a covenant is an alliance. We are, you see, we want to sit where Adam was, um, rather Abraham was sitting, and want to understand and hear what Abraham had and what he understood when God says he was cutting a covenant with him, because that which Abraham understood by the word covenant is what we must understand from the word covenant throughout our use of that of that word in the bible okay but that agreement let's let's just we've marked the sister wrong wrong okay so we are teaching sister so that she can make corrections so after this teaching i bring her she'll write correction how many of you go to school and then you get it wrong and the teacher says you must write correction? And some people's ball pens, ball pens get finished just writing correction. <laughs> All right. So, listen to me now. A covenant is an alliance where a stronger person, a what? A stronger person comes and offers a weaker person to bear the weaknesses of the weaker person and the weaker person is 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 born on the strength of a stronger person are we together it is a voluntary commitment commitment if i commit to do something for you it's me doing it for you you are not going to do anything so it's a voluntary commitment by a stronger person okay in those days of abraham normally it was not between god and man 
It was amongst men, between men, and men or especially countries or nations or kingdoms. A stronger nation and a stronger kingdom. I think we see it in, in the politics of today. Eh? Uh, a stronger nation will go, like America will go maybe to Israel or some of those nations, and they've got an, an alliance. The, 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 the weaker country will enjoy the protection of a bigger what? country, and the, the bigger country enjoys the territory of that, uh, uh, the strategic territory of that weaker country. But it's an offer. It's an offer, okay? There is no agreement. It's an offer. And the, 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 the weaker country accepts it, gladly, gladly accepts it, because it benefits from the protection. So, the, the word covenant must first be explained and understood from the Hebrew scriptures. What are called Hebrew scriptures? What we normally call the Old Testament. Today, we might be able to get rid of that word Old Testament. Okay? Because there is no page, there is no chapter, there is no book of the Bible that is in the Old Testament. Malachi is not in the Old Testament. Exodus is not in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy is not in the Old Testament. When Jesus was confronted by, by, uh, this, by the devil in Matthew chapter 4, he quoted what you normally call the Old, Test Old Testament. And my brother said, we are not under the Old Testament. But Jesus, when he was confronted by Satan, he, quote, he quoted from the old, what you call the Old Testament. So he did not treat it like Old Testament. He treated it like the Word of God. And the devil fled from Jesus because of that word that Jesus quoted against Satan. So if, if the devil can be defeated by a word that is quoted from Deuteronomy, by Jesus, I'm sure you can still quote those words from Exodus, Deuteronomy, Numbers, and Leviticus, and the devil will still run away from you. Because that is not Old Testament. Okay? Some people say this is Old Testament. We are, what, why? We are not under the Old Testament. If the Old Testament says, thou shalt not kill, what is Old Testament about that? Do you want to kill now? <laughs> Thou shalt not commit adultery. Is there, any, is there anything Old Testament about that? So it's not Old Testament that you should not kill, you should not commit adultery. It's, Old Testament, it's not Old Testament that you should not steal. Or is it Old Testament? So if it's Old Testament, let us forget about it. Let's just let stealing. <laughs> God does not change. Amen. God does not what? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Good. <clears throat> so, let's go to the Bible. I'll read from Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. This is where God approaches Abraham to give him a what? A covenant. Okay. Alright, then he says, Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of, their out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make 
of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse him that curses thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Do you know that Abraham is the father of the Jews, the father of Israel? Do you know that? There are people who have told us that God favors the Jews, uh, or the Jews are God's chosen people, or that uh, the Israel is God's chosen people. But here, God is giving a covenant to Abraham before the Jews are in existence. In existence. Abraham was not a Jew. Are we together? He was not a Jew. The Jews are the children from Abraham's grandchild, who is, whose name is who? Jacob. Are we together? So here, the, the covenant to Abraham, he says, all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. So all the families in South Africa, all the families in Mozambique, Zimbabwe, Botswana, Australia, America, Japan, all the countries will be blessed through who? Abraham. So, was God choosing a, na a certain nation to be special? Was God choosing Israel to be special? No. no. Israel is only one of those families, one of those nations. So there's no nation that is more favored by God than any other nation. There is, God has got no favoritism. Are we together? Mm -hmm. So Israel, those Jews are not God's chosen people. Okay? God's chosen people are those who have believed in Christ. Amen. And do you know that a lot of uh, Jews have not believed in Christ? Yes. So they are not chosen people. I don't know if it happens here, but I know in Zimbabwe we've got certain churches who are who, who want to be blessed, so because they read from here, whoever blesses you, I'll bless him. Mm -hmm. So they say, let us go and bless the Jews. So they take their hard-earned money to send it to Israel, and they hope that when when they do that, they will be blessed. Well, how does God bless you for taking your money to a person who is not born again, who is going to hell? So this is the covenant given to who? To Abraham. Mm. Okay? Let's read again. Um, uh, okay. There are many other verses I'll jump for, for the sake of time that uh, show us that Abraham had a covenant with God. Okay? So, Abraham was not the first person to be given a covenant with God. When we are reading the Bible, Abraham only appears... In Genesis chapter 12, or maybe from chapter 11, somewhere there. But from chapter 1 up to chapter 10, there is no Abraham. Okay? And Abraham is not the first person to be given a covenant by God. I'm going somewhere. Just keep following. If we go to Genesis chapter 9, verse 8 to 9, it says, And God spake unto Noah, and to his sons with him, saying, and 
I, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you. So, God also made a covenant with who? With Noah. Okay? And if we go to the book of Hebrews, we will see that there was also another man called Abel, who had also a covenant with who? With God. If we read from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24, it says, And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Can you see Abel is mentioned? Okay? See that he refused not him that speaketh. For if they escaped not who refused him that spake in the earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. So in that, in those two verses, there's a mention of Abel and there's also a reference to Israel. So which means whatever covenant that was given to Abel is the same covenant in the blood of Christ given to the nation of Israel. So we see now uh, a covenant to Noah, a covenant to Abraham, a covenant to Abel. Okay? Praise the Lord. Now, when we go to the book of Hebrews, it says, Hebrews chapter 11, it says, by faith Abel did something, isn't it? And faith you cannot have faith if the message that is being preached is not Christ. Because when you go to Romans chapter 10, verse 17, I'll read from the NLT. So faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. So also Abel must have heard the good news about Christ and heard faith. So I want us all, from today onwards, when you are reading in your Bible, and you see where it says covenant or testament. I want you to replace those words with the word promise. Is a promise an agreement? Is a promise a contract? A promise is a promise. Is that so? Is that so? A promise is a promise. Can I make a promise? Can I make a promise? Yes. How many would want me to make a promise to them? Come again. Come again. Come again. Who would want me to make a promise to, to them? Yes. Are you a leader in the ministry? Are you a leader in this ministry? You are? Yes. I didn't want to do that to a leader, but I think I have no choice. So I want to, ma- I want to make a promise to you. I want to give you 20 rands. No, where I come from, there are no rands. <laughs> I promise to give you 20 US dollars. Okay? I promise to give you 20 US dollars. So, if I promise to, to give you 20 US dollars, is that an agreement? No. So, when, when I have to perform that promise, do you do anything you just receive, isn't it? But you can also say you can refuse. Yeah. I don't want it. 
Although, how many? How much is 20, U, uh, 20 US? About 350. 350 runs. You know, 350 runs. We buy bread. We buy uh, sausage. Brufos. Will it? No. Oh, so brufos is expensive here. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I like brewers. I like South African brewers. Now, listen. I, this is this, there's a lesson here, okay? So, it's a promise that is not what a covenant, a, an agreement. So, this is how God did to Abraham. He came to Abraham and said, "I promise to do this for you." Okay. So, what did Abraham do? When we go to to the book of Genesis chapter 15 verse 6 it says and Abraham believed God and God counted him counted it for what righteousness mm. so what God wants from you is you to trust and believe him that is it so when you believe God at his word God says you are righteous when you receive the promise of God that is what God wants from you He sees you as what righteous. Are we together? Okay. My sister, are you thinking about the 20 US dollars? <laughs> She's not. That is Israel. That is Israel in the wilderness. Now, this is awesome. But despite her attitude I have integrity. I am faithful to my word. Yeah. I still promise to give her 20 US dollars. Okay? So in fact, do you know when 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 uh, when God says remember the Lord's Sabbath, that's what he was talking about. He was trying to avoid this attitude that God gives you a promise and you forget about it. So the Sabbath was about reciting the promise of God. Can you see? Yep. So that you keep it, you keep it fresh in your mind. So you are always expecting, you always have a confident expectation of what God is going to do. That was that that was that is the reason why they were doing the Sabbath. The, the Sabbath. He says you can do your own work six days, but the seventh day, remember my work. Remember my work. Okay? Remember my, do your work but I've got my work. What is my work? I want all men on the earth to be blessed through faith. Can you see? Hallelujah. Can you see that? Elder, are you still are you now thinking about 20 US? Are you? Now that Remember the Sabbath day. Now she's remembering the Sabbath day. Because Sabbath day is about remembering the promise. Amen. I can see you enjoying yourself. You are enjoying yourself. Lovely. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. So a covenant is is what? Is a promise. So today I want to show you how a covenant what? Works. My elder, please come. 
Come here. <laughs> but you see, in a covenant, I'm not supposed to call her to do a, some work like walking here. I should have, but I, I did that because um, pastor is recording here. I should have walked to her and say, I promise to give you 20 US dollars. There is 20 US dollars. This is not a drama. I've given you that. It's not a drama. <laughs> Your, your shop here use does not take that money. So you can you can go to Pastor Shane. He'll give you the runs that will buy in your shop. Because this 20 US dollars is yours. Thank you very much, Pastor. Now, now look, look at this now. Look at this now. Because I am faithful. That's, how, that's why we say God is faithful. Because I am faithful to my word. I gave her, not because of her, but because of my integrity. She was not thinking about it. She had forgotten about it. She didn't want it. But because I said it, I must perform it. Now, a covenant is a promise. So to her now, I have given her. It was a promise, but is there is there still a promise between me and her now? The promise is what? Fulfilled. Can you see that? So if a covenant is a promise, now that the the promise has been performed, is she now in the in any is there any covenant uh, any promise with her? No. So is there any covenant with her? No. But I've heard you saying we are now in the new covenant. <laughs> and he's saying we are in the covenant, new covenant. We are no longer in the old covenant. Now let's deal with. We are coming back to this. Let's deal with the old covenant, with the new covenant. Okay. <laughs> let's go to Jeremiah chapter thirty-one, verse thirty-one. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 31 Hallelujah Behold the days come says the Lord that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah new covenant Now this is where I this is this is where I was heading to because we say new covenant. So what does it mean? Does it mean that God is going to change now? What does it mean? I'll, now I'll hear from you, sir. He's making a new promise. He's making a new promise. Which means he has changed his promise like I was, I, I'd promised her what? Um, 20 US dollars. Then she was not thinking about it. Then I changed. I said, now I'm promising you 5 dollars. Is that making a new promise? No. That is going what? Thank you so much. If I must, if I am going to change the promise, I'm going back on my word. I'm not faithful. I have no integrity. Now, this word "new covenant" does not mean a new thing. It does not mean that God is changing His promise. It means that God is saying, 
I am saying the same promise to you again. How many times did I say the promise to her? I said it once. When I said it once, it was a covenant. When I am saying it again, it's a new covenant. I am restating it. I am saying it's still fresh. It's still available. That is what is called New Testament. It's saying that this promise is still available because it is not yet accomplished. It's not yet fulfilled. That is the meaning of a new covenant. A new covenant does not mean that God is changing for something else. A new covenant means he is He's saying it again for the benefit of you understanding and knowing that the promise is still available to you so that you keep expectation of receiving from the promise. Amen. 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 Wonderful. Amen. 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 Um, uh, let, me, let me know the time. How uh, many more? Yes, 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 amen. Come again. We finish at 8 o'clock. No, it's 8 o'clock now. How many more minutes do I have? Hour. <laughs> don't, don't do that with me. Ask Jane. Don't say it. Don't do that. I know. We'll try for half an hour. Half an hour. Let's try half an hour. Okay. Don't be on the whole day. Another hour. <laughs> you are hungry men for the gospel hallelujah but let's let's follow let's follow each other is everybody understanding what i'm talking about the covenant it's very important you see that and this is going to change your understanding of god and your understanding of the word of god as you read the bible can you see praise the lord hallelujah So you find now, God is saying, I'm making a new covenant. Why is he saying new covenant now? Because this is the prophet Jeremiah. He, God gave his covenant in Genesis. Okay? Yeah. And then that covenant he gave to, in Genesis is the same covenant he gave to Israel in the Exodus. And Israel rejected the covenant. They rejected the promise. He, in fact, let me read. Verse 20, 32 says, Not according to the covenant that I made with, the, with their fathers in the day that I took them from by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was a husband unto them, says the Lord. So, Israel break a covenant. They broke a covenant. Can you see? Now we want to see what that means. It's not... It's not not performing your own part of the agreement. She nearly broke the covenant. Because when I said, do you want the money? She said, no. <laughs> that, is what, that is what breaking the covenant is. It's refusing to accept the offer that God is giving you. Can you see? It's refusing to believe that God means it. So, the children of Israel, they refused the covenant. That's why they did not get into Canaan. They said, we cannot go. There are giants there. We are not going where you promised, where you promised to take us. So, that's how they broke the covenant. So, the covenant of... Their breaking of the covenant was not their conduct, sin and stuff like that. Uh -uh. It is just refusing to accept God to take them to Canaan. 
So refusing to accept the promise is what is called what break breaking the what the covenant. Okay? But God has got no two covenants. God has got only one covenant. So by saying new covenant, he's saying, I am still saying what I said before. I am still giving the promise that I gave to Abraham, the promise that I gave to Noah, the promise that I gave to Abel. I am still giving it to you. The promise that I gave to Adam. But what happened with Adam? Did he believe? Adam, break it. Can you see? But Abel was the first person the Bible tells us had faith. He was the first person recorded in the Bible to have faith. Which means he kept the covenant. He kept the promise. Adam broke the, kept the promise. Israel in the wilderness, they broke the, 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 the promise. Can you see? So, when Israel breaks the promise, God comes again to give the promise again in the book of Deuteronomy. Now he's giving to the, to the young children because those ones who refused the promise, they died in the wilderness. Amen. And the Bible, if we go to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 19, it says, they did not enter because of what? Unbelief. Which means they refused to have faith. They refused to accept. They refused to believe. That's why they perished. It's not God who killed them in the wilderness. God, they, they died in the wilderness because God was helpless to help them. Maybe she wanted, she needed uh, uh, burvos. And she was really craving for burvos. And I really wanted to give her money to go and buy burvos. But if she refuses my money, I, I am helpless to help her. Yeah. So, God wanted to save them. God wanted to deliver them. But they did not believe him, so he could not do anything. So they perished in the wilderness when God didn't want them to perish. It's not God who killed them. God does not kill anybody. God has never killed anybody. God will never kill anybody. God is incapable of killing anyone. Praise the Lord. The only time that God used death, or let me say, took advantage of death, is at the cross of Calvary. To destroy death. Can you see? So don't talk like God took him. Anyway, let me just get on with the business of the day. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, what I want you to understand now is that a covenant is not a what? It's not an agreement. A covenant is a what? Promise. A promise. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Because Jesus also comes on what is called the Lord's Supper. Oh, no, no, no. It's, called the, it's not called the Lord's Supper. It's called the Last Supper. The Last Supper. You know the Last Supper? Yeah. What did Jesus give us at the Last Supper? 
Holy Communion. So are we taking Holy Communion? Yes. When was the last time we take Holy Communion? Sunday you took Holy Communion. Okay. Not here. Oh, you, you used to get it here. You used to get it here. But they have stopped now. Now we do get it here. Sometimes. I must rebuke you for not giving Holy Communion. Why are you not giving Holy Communion? How can the people be healed if they are not having Holy Communion? How can they be healed? Haven't you seen a verse in the Bible that says you must give them Holy Communion to be healed? Have you not seen that verse? Have you seen it? No. Why is she not reading the Bible? How come she does not know that if the Bible says you must use Holy Communion to heal people? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if we look, we look in the King James Bible, you will never see anywhere where it says Holy Communion. It's not in the Bible. It's not there. Okay? And when people, the Bible is full of people who are healed. Okay? But all the time they are prayed or they are healed, they, they don't take Holy Communion. There is no way in the Bible somebody was healed by taking Holy Communion. Mm. So the Bible, the Bible doesn't know. The Bible doesn't know much. We know better than the Bible, don't we? That's why we use Holy Communion to heal people. Where did you see where it says you must take Holy Communion? Uh, when Jesus was serving his disciples, he said, as often as I giving you the bread and the wine, so you must do it as well. It's good you came today. So you are going to learn. Open your ears nicely. Okay. So when Jesus at the Lord's Supper, or the, at the, in fact, the proper meal, the proper meal that Jesus was having with his disciples, the Bible says what it is. Do you know that? Yeah. I think this one is, 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 is... We can slow down there just to show it here. Yeah? Let's go for it. We'd, let's go to Matthew chapter 26. Ma, Matthew chapter 26. Let me tell you something. A trick. I'll tell you a trick. Okay? If you want to find the verse... The, the chapter where the, 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 the Holy Communion, um, uh, forgive me for even saying Holy Communion, the Holy Communion is found. You, you see, like book of Matthew is got how many, uh, how many chapters? 28. So you go back two chapters to 26. That's where you find what? Holy Communion. So the book of uh, Mark is how many chapters? 16 chapters. If you want to find the Holy Communion, you go back two chapters. You find it in, in the... In the in the in, in in chapter 14 the book of luke has got how many chapters 24 if you want to find out where the communion is you go back two chapters in chapter 22 so you, it will be easy to find your holy communion <laughs> hallelujah now so i've got i've gone to the book of matthew chapter 26 that's where they 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 find the, what they call the holy communion but let's find out what the bible calls it Let's read chapter 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 26 verse 1. And it came to Matthew chapter 26 verse 1. And it came to pass 
when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said unto his disciples, You know that after two days is the feast of Holy Communion. Is the feast of what? Can you see? So that's the name of the, the meal that Jesus said to eat with his disciples. Let's go to the book of what? Mark. Mark chapter 14 uh, verse um, 1. Can you see? The, the chapter opens with the introduction of what is happening. So chapter 26 opens with the introduction of what is taking place in chapter 26, which is eating what? The Passover meal. Okay? So chapter Mark chapter 14 verse 1 says, And two days was the feast of the Passover. So pa Mark is agreeing with what? Matthew. The feast that Jesus was having with his uh, disciples was called what? Passover. Let's read the verse. And after two days was the feast of Passover and of the unleavened bread. Can you see? Unleavened bread. It is not the bread that you are eating from the market. It is not those biscuits and those crackers that you are having. It's unleavened. Okay? Good. Now, let's go to Luke chapter 22. Now you know how to get to, to, get to the chapters, isn't it? The, where you find the Holy Communion. We go to verse... Uh, um, uh, let's go to verse 1. The introduction, you see? We're all finding this in chapter... So how do you open the book, the chapter? It tells you what is going to happen, what they are going to eat. But when they sit down to, at the table to eat that, you are giving it your own name. When they told you that it's a Passover meal. So, chapter 1 says, Now the feast of the unleavened bread drew near, which is called the Passover. Mm. So Jesus and his disciples were having what? Passover meal. Passover meal included the meat of the lamb of the Passover animal. Passover included unleavened bread. If you took leavened bread, they would stone you to death. And then Passover included the cup. Okay? The drink, the wine. Are we together? So these are the things that Jesus was having with what? With his disciples. So it was not Holy Communion. So... You will never see anywhere it says in the King James Bible, Holy Communion, because the Bible does not know anything called Holy Communion. The church knows, but the Bible doesn't. Does, the Bible does not know a feast called Holy Communion. The Bible knows a feast called the Passover meal. And I don't know why they've removed the meat of the lamb. They're just sticking with the bread and the wine. If you want to drink alcohol, just go and drink alcohol quietly. <laughs> Don't lie against the Bible. Praise the Lord. Let's continue now. Now we are in this chapter 20, 22. But let's, I think I'll, yeah, let's go to verse 19 now. We see that's where we were going. Verse 19 it says, And he took bread and gave thanks. And break it and gave unto them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. So when Jesus is standing here and is holding a piece of bread and is giving you, 
He says, this is my body. When he's got his body, what are you thinking? Are you thinking that bread is his body? That's not, let me, let me, I'll leave you with, with that question because that's not my teaching today. Verse 20, likewise, it means in the same way, also the cup after supper. Okay? Supper here is not talking about the way we, supper is talking about the meal. The Passover meal is what they are calling supper. Okay? And it was celebrated once a year. It was not taken every Sunday or once a month. Once a year. After Jesus had it with the, with the disciples here, they were going to eat it again the next year. But Jesus was no longer Okay. Now, this, then he says, saying, this cup is the New Testament. The other word for New Testament is New Covenant. The other word for New Covenant is New what? Promise. But it's not New Promise. It's what? The same promise. So we say the New Covenant does not mean something different. Is Jesus saying the same promise is still available? The same promise to Abraham, the same promise to Noah, the same promise to Abel, the same promise that I gave to Israel, although they refused it, is still available to you today. New means it's still fresh, it's still unperformed, it's still unaccomplished, it's fresh, and he's saying now that promise is being is going to be available to you. Through my death, burial, and resurrection. Can you see? Can you see? So Jesus is not introducing something new. Jesus is talking about something that was always there. So new means it's still available. I am saying it. I'm saying it's still fresh. Are we together? So Jesus is not introducing anything. Jesus never introduced any one word in the Bible. Everything Jesus said and did was written between Genesis to Malachi. Jesus only came to fulfill. If Jesus was to add or subtract, then he wouldn't be the Messiah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So Jesus is saying, Okay, let's go to uh, Luke 44. Luke 24. <laughs> Luke 24, 40, 44, yes. I, I want to read from the New Living Translation. It says, this is going to make it very clear what Jesus is saying at the, last, at the, at the meal there. Then he said, when I was with you before, I, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. What is the law of Moses? The law of Moses is not the Ten Commandments. The law of Moses are the books written by Moses. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, those five books. Okay? That is Moses. And then what are the prophets? The prophets, all the prophets, Isaiah, Malachi, Joel, all those things. So everything that Moses wrote about, everything that the prophets wrote about, were going to be fulfilled in Christ. That's what qualifies him as a Christ. Are we together? So, then, um, verse 45, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. 
And he said, let me, so at this point, Jesus is, has died, has been buried, has been, and is risen. Can you see? So Jesus, he's died, he's been buried, and he's risen. Yeah. Now listen. But the promise is not yet what? So that's not the end. That's what he was saying now in my blood. He is telling them that that same covenant from Genesis is now available. It's going to be available and you are going to receive it through my death, burial and resurrection. Now let's go to verse 49. Verse 49 says, uh, 49, New Living Translation, yes. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. This is after death, burial, and resurrection. This, the promise must now be performed. It's now possible to perform the promise. Now after death, burial, and resurrection, He's saying, take the $20 now. It's possible to take the $20. Can you see? So if you ended short of, take, of receiving the Spirit, it means you have not received the what? The new covenant. Are we together? So what the Father promised is what? The Spirit. We said the promise is the same as New Testament. It's the same as what? Covenant. So we want to understand that God what he promised us and what we is what he has given us in Christ Jesus. So he gave us that spirit. Okay? So what we call eternal life is the Holy Spirit of God in you. Is what is called what? Eternal life. Are we together? Are we to, so can you see in all this God is not asking you to do anything hallelujah now Jesus is saying the, new, the, the promise is still available okay just like when I was saying I will give you $20 I will give you $20 throughout the books of the Bible the prophets are saying God will give you the spirit God will give you the spirit God is giving God is shouting and that's why he had them to announce it on every Sabbath. That's, that's what they were supposed to preach on every Sabbath. So that the, the promise is fresh in their minds. But then Jesus is saying, now, you are going to receive that promise now, after my death, burial, and what? Resurrection. Now, after his death, burial, and resurrection, the promise is given. When you believed the, 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 the gospel, you received the Spirit. Amen. So, is there any promise to you from God? There's no more like now. I drive. There's no promise to her. She has already received what she was promised. Are you enjoying this, my brother? Yes. Can you see that? So now, you who say you are in the new covenant or New Testament. What are you in? We are in Christ. You are in Christ. Thank you. You are not in the new covenant. You are not under the new covenant. You are not over the new covenant. I don't know what they talk about the covenant. You are not stepping on the new covenant. 
When I gave her the money, I performed the promise. Now, when you received the Spirit of God, you became the new creation. Amen. Can you see? Now, the new creation is not in any covenant. The new creation does not have any covenant. Okay? But the covenant is the covenant is still what? Available and is still new somewhere. Where is it still new? To the world, the people who are not yet saved. The covenant is still new to them. It's still a promise because they have not yet what? Received it. So God says to Abraham, I'll bless you. So God now has blessed you with the blessing of Abraham. What is that? The spirit. Now you are the what? The new creation. God says to Abraham, I'll bless you. And through you, I'll bless all the nations of the earth. So now take yourself in the place of Abraham. Now you are blessed. You are the new creation. Okay? Now you are the custodian of the, of the covenant, of the new covenant. It's not your new covenant. It's a new covenant to the world. Now, like Abraham, you must go and shout it to the world so that themselves will be also blessed like you. So the new covenant, when it's fulfilled, it produces a new creation. A new creation is not in any covenant. A new creation is a custodian of a covenant to the world. That's what we do when you go and preach the what? The gospel. When the Bible says Israel broke or broke the what? The covenant. It means Israel did not Believe. Believe it, and they did not go to preach it. Yeah. Now you must not also break the covenant, because if you refuse to go, you are denying other people the covenant. Yeah. Amen. Amen. But God, so covenant also means. It brings, it brings a blessing to you. And once it brings a blessing to you, you become a custodian of a blessing to others. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, so you are now the new creature. You are now the new creature. You are now the new covenant. You are not a covenant. You don't have a covenant. Where the old, oh, let me quickly tell you about what the old covenant is. What is called the old covenant is everything that Moses commanded Israel to do. Okay? After they refused the what? The promise. All those animals and everything that they, they were doing, he was doing that to accuse them for refusing the covenant. So what is called the new, the old covenant are not pages in the Bible. What is called the new covenant is a, is a, is a, is a relationship with God based on the rejection of the promise. What comes after rejecting the promise is what is called what? New covenant, uh, old covenant. So if we go between Genesis to Malachi, we will see there is new covenant there. There is old covenant there. Mm-hmm. When we come from Matthew to Revelation, there is new covenant there and there is old covenant there. So old covenant is a, is, a, is, a, is a practice 
of relating with God. Old covenant is rejecting his promise and wanting to, 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 to relate with him another way. Okay. New covenant is believing what God has said and receiving the promise. Amen. Now, let, let, let's quickly go to land about this. We will make a, a helicopter land. <laughs> yeah, because we need that land, that landing there. Okay. Now, 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 quickly, quickly. See where I'm trying to look on a, on a good patch to land on. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, let's go to... I'm not in the right one. Okay, let's, let's, let's forget the notes. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. In the King James, it says... Oh, I want the King James. Yes. The King James says... Hmm. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Most of you know it. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Creature. Okay? How did he become a new creature? Because he received the new covenant. So the new covenant results in a new creation when it is received. So the new covenant results in a new creation and the new creation will speak new tongues. And new tongues means it has never been spoken before. So you find the word new tongues only in one verse, in Mark chapter 16, verse 17. Why do we find it only there? Yet in the rest of the New Testament, we see tongues there. Because in chapters, uh, in Mark 16, the language had never been spoken. But after chapter, after the book of Acts, the new tongues have been spoken. You cannot call them new now because they have been fulfilled. Amen? Yeah. Good. Now, so the new covenant leads to a new creation and a new creation speak new tongue and a new creation now must go and bring the covenant to those who have not yet received it. Are we together? Good. Let's go to Galatians. Galatians chapter 6 verse uh, 15. It says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. It's, let me take it another, in another version. In the, in the New Living Translation, it says, it doesn't matter whether you have been circumcised or not. It doesn't matter. It, and what counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. So whether you've been dipped in water or not, it does not matter. Whether you've been circumcised or not, it does not matter. Whether you eat a, a Holy Communion or not, it does not matter. What matters is that you have received the promise and you are now what? A new creation. Amen. Are we together? Amen. Now, wait, wait, wait. Let's go down. May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. They are the new people of God. So the people of God are no longer the Jews. The people of God are no longer Israel. The people of God are the people who have received the, pro, the, 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 the gospel. Yeah. Let's, let's get to another version. Uh, it says, uh, I want one, one that says new Israel. The Israel of God. Uh, voice. A voice. 
Voice, voice. All right. I'll read it from the voice. I'll start from verse 15. Let me be clear. Circumcision won't save you. Water baptism won't save you. Okay? Eating Holy Communion won't save you. That's what they are saying. Then he says, uncircumcision won't either, for that matter, for both amount to nothing. God's new creation is what counts. What is new creation? Receiving the promise. What is the promise? Is the Spirit of God. Then he says, it counts for everything. Now listen to verse 16. May peace and mercy come to all you who live by this rule and to the Israel of God. You are the Israel of God. Amen. Can you see? You are the Israel of God. The Israel of God is not those people who rejected the promise in Israel. The Israel of God is this. Amen. Quickly, let's go to Romans 2, verse 28 and 29. Then I'll land there. Okay. I'll read from the New Living Translation, I think. Hallelujah. Are you, everybody say, God speak to me now. God speak to me now. God speak to, you, to me now. God speak to me now. You have taken me this long. So let me understand what it's been all about. Speak to me through your written word. You asked for it. Let's start from verse 28. New Living Translation. I'm reading from New Living Translation. Romans chapter 2 verse 28. It says, For you are not a true Jew just because you were born of Jewish parents or because you have gone through the ceremony of circumcision. (laughs) I like that. It means it's getting home. It's getting home. Can you see? You are not a true Jew. You are a fake Jew. If you call yourself a Jew because you have been born by somebody from Israel and you have not believed Christ. Mm. Now look, let's go to verse 29. No, a true Jew is one whose heart is right with God. You. You are the new Israel of God. You are the new Jew of God. Can you see? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh my God. Let me let me read it again. Um, I think that that, that that is fine. I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. Otherwise I get to carry it away. Put your hand on your chest, your right hand on your chest. And say after me. Father, I thank you. For your covenant, for your promise, from your test, for your testament, the promise of your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Father, that you told me today that when I received Christ, when I believed in the gospel, I received your promised Holy Spirit, and I became. 
a new creation in Christ Jesus. And today, I thank you for the responsibility of taking the new covenant to the world in the name of Jesus. Amen. Just last, just, just last one, last one. Because you must understand. Last one. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 14. So that you understand what Abraham is all about. I'll take it from the New Living Translation. It says, Through Jesus, through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing. The same blessing he promised to what? To Abraham. So what was promised to Abraham is what is given to you. What was promised to Abraham was not money. <laughs> Follow it. So that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. Amen. So the thing that was always promised throughout the Bible is the Holy Spirit. Amen. So what we call salvation today is receiving the Holy Spirit through believing in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Mm. You have the blessing of Abraham. You are not looking for it. You are not praying for it. The blessing of Abraham is the Spirit of God whom we have received. And when you receive the mm. Spirit of God, the, the, the Bible says you have eternal life. Glory be to Jesus. If you'd like to contact us or get hold of more free teachings, please visit us online at www dot gracelife dot co